Hey, hey, friend. In just a bit, I'm going to be joined here with my friend Lisa from Farmhouse on Boone. And we're going to talk all the things. So she's a homeschool mama with, now I'm going to say large family, but I want to add something here. We often use the term, and I use the term, and in this podcast episode, I use the term large family, but that is not meant in a negative type of way at all. Really just using that term is just in a way to differentiate between a family that maybe has a couple of kids and a family that has double those amount of kids. So it's not a negative connotation at all. It's just as a way I think in our culture, in our American culture, we don't think there's, you know, different, I guess I would say at different time periods, different size families were, we'll say quote unquote popular, <laughs> but I am seeing a larger surge here of families that want a lot of children. And it's super cool. We're going to get into that question as well. But just know that I don't use large family in a negative way at all. And so Lisa and I talk about all the things when it comes to having a bunch of little ones. And she's, she's got some teens all the way down to, a, well, a one-year-old. And so we're going to just talk just practical, real conversation here on what does that look like? We're going to talk about meals and chores and homeschool and all the things in between. I'm so glad you have joined me here on the podcast and let's get started. I'll let you listen in on this really fun conversation that I was able to have with Lisa at Farmhouse on Boone. Okay, let's get started right now. Welcome to the Little by Little Homeschool Podcast, where you can get out of survival mode, feel confident in your homeschool decisions, and gain peace in your heart and home. I know that when we plant our feet firmly in this season of life and embrace our homeschooling, motherhood, and homemaking, we will thrive. I truly believe that we can do this from a place of peace and joy, all while growing a ton of contentment. And while we're at it, Mama, let's deepen those relationships with our children and love these years we get to pour into them. If you're ready to create beauty, seek simplicity, and live intentionally, homeschool mama, then close out that lesson book, let the kids go play, and let's have an authentic conversation. Hello, Lisa. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited that you are here today and to share with the listeners about homeschooling and your family. So let's just kind of dive into it. And I would love for you to share a little bit about yourself, your family, and how you got into homeschooling. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on your podcast. So I am a mother of seven kids, 14 down to a baby. So we have four kids who are technically in school age. And then one that I guess would probably technically like next fall be in school. Um, So it's gotten more real over the last several years as we have a eighth grader, a sixth grader, there's just a lot of things that, you know, you always think, oh, whenever they're at these higher grade levels for math, this is going to be challenging. And we're actually at that stage now. So our homeschool starts pretty much when I was pregnant with my first daughter. Uh, we just, we just knew we wanted to homeschool. I don't know. There was never any wavering from that decision. It's never been a question for us. It's never really been put on the table. I know a lot of moms say, and I, this is everybody's own path, but you know, they evaluate it year to year. That was never how we looked at it. It was just, we're definitely going to homeschool. And people would always say, even in high school. And, you know, I guess next year is when we'll officially have a high schooler at the age of 15. So uh, yes, the answer has always been, even in high school, we've been committed to this decision through lots of changes over the years. So we went from, obviously we have the, the kids one at a time. So we went from one kid to seven, 
we went from living in a, a smaller house on a really small lot in a town about an hour away to living on a little homestead in an old farmhouse from my husband working for the city and me being home with the kids through the first four kids to starting a business and then him coming home almost five years ago. So there's been a lot of life changes and transitions over the years, but the commitment to homeschooling has remained constant throughout all that. I love to hear when, when parents know, and I'm starting to see more and more of that, of parents saying, yes, we're going to homeschool and we're going to do it through. And, and as you were saying about, you know, people say like, really, are you sure all through high school? And I remember encountering that. And then once mine got to high school, nobody said that anymore. So you just like one more year we're and then there. people will stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stop saying the high school thing. Cause they'll realize, oh, she really is. He really is doing that. And I love your story. Cause it just shows how homeschooling can meet a family's needs as well as season in life, no matter through transition of different jobs and living in different locations. And people just think like you have to stop or it's going to be some huge drastic thing. You just kind of grow and learn to change and it just looks different. And I think you guys have been a good example of that. So you don't really know how it's going to look either over the, like you never, there's really no way, even if you knew exactly what job you're going to do, where you're going to live, you still don't know how the homeschooling is going to look throughout those years. There's just no way to be able to see that. So yeah, I think the commitment for us carried us through, you know, all of the different changes. Yeah. I think and having that commitment to say, we are going to do this, we're going to see it all the way through. And then when the times do get hard or difficult and you run into seasons and it's a little crazy and overwhelming, then you just say, no, we still have this commitment. We made this commitment when we were sane and you know, everything was yeah, right. like, yes, <laughs> no matter it was what easy. I was pregnant with my first child. That's when we decided this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you just stick with it and you were seeing the fruits of that and sticking with it. And so you mentioned that you guys have seven children and I'm sure that your life with seven kids looked different, same, but different with homeschooling. Then I had three kids, you know, around your kid's age. And um, I know that not everyone listening has a large family, but I think that a lot of us are really curious about how do you manage keeping up with the home and the homeschool and meals. And so any tips you could offer uh, any of us or just kind of will give us a little insight into how you keep your family moving forward with, with a big family. Well, so sometimes it looks really beautiful and there's some days where it's like, this is going great. And then sometimes it looks like a train wreck. So I don't want to paint the picture that it's always just going great. Everybody's moods are always good. We're always getting everything done how we want it to. But I would say for for the most part, it's come down to priorities. So like I mentioned, I have a business and there's unlimited opportunity with it at this point. I could go in a million different directions and I have a lot of opportunities from the business and I have to definitely pare it way down. Like I, I just, I've taken on less I've taken, I've done, even though certain things would be really good monetarily for the business. There's a lot I've just said no to because of our commitment to homeschool, even in the face of opportunity that could allow me to expand much further without spending most of my day homeschooling kids. So that's one. And that can look different for people Obviously, most moms in your audience probably aren't uh, business owners, but everybody does have things that can pull them. It's either hobbies or maybe it's just like different um, activities that you could go to. Like you could go to endless uh, homeschool groups or maybe mom meetups. And so there's always something that if your plate is really full, you just 
cannot do it all. And so that, that is definitely, everybody always says that, but it's so true. You just can't do it all. And then another is over the years, getting kids to help with things has been really important, which I think certain family situations make it to where it's not even an option to figure out how to get them to help. It's just life and necessity. It's not going to work unless we get everybody's hands on, you know, on board with this. And so that helps. And then just practically, like I mentioned, my husband's home and I know a lot of people are like, well, okay, my situation isn't like that, but he wasn't whenever I had five kids. And so this is, you know, I have, I did, I did a lot of time without, without him being there, but now that he is home, um, we very much divide and conquer. So we'll have him on usually two school age kids, me on two school age kids. And then we're both kind of the toddlers are back and forth. We'll try to get a lot done during the baby's nap. And that that's practically how it looks. It changes based on like who's napping and what kids we have, but that's how it practically looks right now. And then we just keep things in very specific hours. So we do school usually from about eight to noon. Then we do lunch and then we have afternoon free time, which could still technically be counted as school because they usually do a lot of things that are educational, that they're usually self-directed. And that's when I will get some of my business work done. But we try to have, like, it's not a rigid schedule, but it is a routine that we pretty much stick to most of the year. Yeah. So I like that uh, routine is one of my favorite words when it comes to homeschooling. And because mm-hmm. if you get too strict with things, it just, but having that, having that time frame of this is what we're devoted to. And I love how you're saying that you really, you can't do everything. And so we really have to prioritize what what's important. And you're talking about your business and I'm sure you've had a lot of great opportunities and you have to look at what is going to serve my family well right now. And what's going to take me away maybe from them and being able to um, pour into them. Cause I'm sure that's probably one of the reasons you're homeschooling is to be able to pour into them and disciple them and teach them all the, all the things you want to teach them. And that takes time. Right. Yes. So how do you, you mentioned chores a little bit. So how do you and your husband approach chores as a family? Cause now you guys have a small homestead and you have animals and things to take care of. And I don't know about gardens or whatever you, whatever all you have. And then there's just daily chores. <laughs> there's just the yeah. regular things that have to happen. How do you, how do you guys approach chores as a family? So right now it's a little different because it's winter and it's really difficult to get everybody outside every morning. So currently the way it's working is Luke and I, and then our two oldest boys go out for all the morning chores, which involves breaking ice right now, feeding, milking. I usually milk while they feed hay, break ice. If it's above like 35 degrees, Luke will usually put Theodore, the baby, he's the one-year-old on his back in a back carrier. Sometimes the three-year-old will come out, but if it's really cold, my girls, the older girls will stay in with the three younger boys while me and Luke and the two older boys go out and do the chores. So that's just kind of how we work it right now because the girls are the oldest too. And so I trust them. They're 14 and 12. They can babysit with the toddlers during that time. And so that's how we're currently structuring it. But in the summer, as far as I remember, you know how it feels a lifetime away whenever you're in a routine for a few months, we all go out and spend some time outside. We'll do some work in the garden 
and spend a little bit longer before doing some school stuff. And if I remember correctly, last summer, we really wanted to continue school all through the summer. And then we ended up just like the homestead chores overtook it with gardening and everything. And so we didn't, but I really still, there are certain things, not full-blown school, but like a little version of school. There are certain kids that need certain practice all summer. So I'm really hoping that we'll stick to that commitment. I, as you're talking about that, keeping a couple of subjects going, that was Mm -hmm. kind of a lifeline. I remember when my kids, especially in elementary school, especially with like math facts and just not having to start all over again with some of the math and then reading was something that we did a lot, a lot with, but yeah, finding just even a little bit of math every single day, this felt like Mm -hmm. a breadcrumb every single day. So that when we started up the next homeschool year, it wasn't like, I don't know what two plus two, you know, equals and that kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a couple of kids that I feel like can't afford to skip math and reading right now. And so if that's still that way, come June, that's just going to have to be the case. <laughs> yeah. And it's easy to kind of, I mean, it's more fun in the summer, but like here, take your math book outside or take your books outside and can enjoy um, being outside a little bit and get some fresh air, but also get their reading in there and their math. And so it sounds like the right. chores are just kind of something, I mean, it, when you have a homestead and you have animals to take care of, like you're mentioning earlier, it's just, it's something that you have to take part in. There isn't necessarily chore charts or, you know, there's, there's things no, that you just kind of no have to charts. have to do. <laughs> Ooh, this sounds I'm like a way, juicy topic. <laughs> I'm way too unorganized for that. I feel, I feel like there are, there probably are moms with a lot of kids who do chore charts. Part of me wants to be like, yeah, that's if you have like a certain number of children, you have like a chore chart. That's really sweet. But there probably are moms who have large families who still manage the chore chart. I couldn't manage it even when I had two kids. So it's probably personality here. Okay. Yeah. Like as far as like the household chores, those are just very much ongoing. Like people who do the dishes know they need to do the dishes. And then we kind of like laundry. We're just always doing laundry. It's just like a daily thing to constantly do. And so everybody steps in. It takes a lot of reminders, especially for certain kids to get them to do it. But there are certain things that go smoothly with chores. Yeah. And it's, it's something that, I mean, kids, we're all a part of the family. I say kind of joke that, you know, 95% of the mess in my house, especially when my kids were younger was made by them. And the other 5% was me like providing meals, <laughs> doing things, you know, right. providing things for them. So I'm like, you have to actively take part. Cause I remember way back in the day when I lived alone in my house, there was not, <laughs> it wasn't yeah, right. anywhere. <laughs> hmm. That's how, you know, it wasn't just uh, you. <laughs> right, right. There's some other people in here. <laughs> so you and I have some similar approaches to meals and wanting to provide homemade nutritious foods for our families. And I'd love to hear a little bit about how you keep all the bellies full in your home. Well, I tend to make a lot of the same things over and over and over again, which works for us. I have certain, certain priorities. Like I like to source meat from local farms. I like to make sure that we have raw dairy, fresh eggs, and most of our meals are centered around that. And I find that I just buy the same stuff. I'm not doing a lot of fancy meal planning. That's fun sometimes. And we enjoy that sometimes, but for the day to day, it just involves chopping up the same vegetables, carrots, onions, potatoes, garlic, some kind of meat, lots of salt, uh, lots of butter and pulling together those kind of meals that are just very simple and based around staples that we have on hand that don't really require me to 
think through or follow a certain recipe. And I also like to keep an arsenal of basic baked goods that I just make over and over again. And there's lots of ways you can do it. You could, you could do this, you know, this certain uh, sourdough recipe or this certain flour. And I just have like my basic things that I know exactly what I'm doing. And I do branch out from it, but for the day-to-day, just while we're trying to get all of our tours and our homeschool done, falling back on a lot of those routine things that don't require a whole lot of thought for me. Yeah. And I think just keeping, like you're saying, just keeping the basics and the staples on hand makes it easy to be able to, and, and to pivot when things maybe go awry or something The cow got out or something, or the, you know, a kid gets sick or injured or something like that. It's just knowing that you have those types of things or, or again, everybody's sick and you're like, I can't get to the grocery store. Well, it's okay. I've got everything in my pantry or in my freezer and can kind of just yeah. pull things out um, as you kind of go along. So I am actually seeing more and more now, maybe it's just more so in the social media realm, but also just friends that I have uh, and family that are having more children. And I'm seeing a lot of families with like four plus children. Now, I grew up in a family with, there was four of us and that felt lar- like compared to a lot of people we knew yeah, that was time. a large mm-hmm. family, but I'm seeing, you know, that much and even more. And I have friends saying you know, who have what would be considered a quote unquote large family and already, you know, want to have more children. And it's, it makes me so happy. So could you share a little bit about some of the benefits and blessings you have seen as a large family? In other words, say there's a mom listening who desires a, what we'll say a full quiver and she's nervous. What kind of encouragement can you offer her? Usually I'll tell someone like that, that it, certain things that uh, are very hard in the first days of motherhood, even the first you know, two, three kids, or maybe it's a number of years. I don't know because my years have always gone with more kids. I don't know how that works or how that translates, but certain things that you worry about that seem so huge that if you're taking that and multiplying it by however many six, seven kids, that seems just way too much. And it would have been the same for me when I first had my first daughter, I just every little thing. I had no clue what I was doing. I was, I didn't have any of the confidence. Those things are so second nature now. And a lot of the homemaking skills, like I've, I've learned how to cook a meal from scratch without it taking me all day to think about and just throw it together. You do gain the confidence. And I am so like such a person that likes to learn by throwing myself into stuff. So it wasn't something that I really overthought before doing, because that's how I do everything. So I, when I started the business, I didn't think of all the problems that could go wrong because it's just something that I figured we'd figure out as we go. Same with like the dairy cow. People are like, okay, I want to know every last thing there is to know about dairy cow. I'm like, oh, I don't know yet. I have to encounter it as I go. Like our calf had the calf and then we built the milk stanchion that same day. So there's just so much that you can't even learn without going through it. And it's just part of the, the process and you will gain more confidence. There's going to be a lot of things that you really are tough right now. That won't be the more time that you're learning and you're in it. And that that's the same, no matter how many kids you have in motherhood, I'm sure you gain that confidence regardless, but there are a lot of things with a large family that you do just learn to let go that just end up, you, you notice that they're actually not a big deal because you by necessity have to let them go. So hopefully that answers the question. Yeah, no, that does. And yeah, I like that last part of just, you just kind of realize that the little things that maybe you were so particular about with the first one weren't, weren't as important uh, as you get, as you get further on. And that's a really good point that you made also about 
the fact that he became more confident as a mom, but also a homemaker and being able to cook and throw meals together. And um, I just, my husband's birthday was recent and he wanted, I, I know some people <laughs> really like fish, but I'm not a seafood person. So yeah. I never make it. And he wanted fried fish and we would go to the store and I like supporting the local business, but I was like, we have a budget for a birthday and I, you could get more presents if I make it myself. And he's like, you've never made fried fish. And I was like, I can make anything <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because right. it's been so long. So why not? And I did it. And they were like, wow, this is really good. And I just had to trust them on it. Cause I didn't want to eat it, but because yeah. I, don't, I don't really like the taste of fish, but just, yeah, we just become more confident and it's not as big of a deal or where you're saying, you know, all day you're thinking about, okay, how am I going to make this dinner? And how am I going to do this? And it's just as a big deal. And now you can kind of whip together. And that probably kind of ties into my question about filling everybody's bellies and everything. It's not as big of a deal. It's just something we become uh, better at as we do it, as we go along with it. Yeah. Just like anything, you just get better. It's just a practice and there's no other way to, to learn, or one of the best ways to learn is to throw yourself into it. And so for us, it was just like, well, I guess we'll figure it out as they come. (laughs) No. And that's good. I think that's going to be a huge encouragement to, to moms to hear that we don't have it all figured out because they can look at moms. You have a 14 year old and you've been doing this for a while. And my kids are older and be like, Oh, you know, they've got it all figured. Well, we're still learning. And it took us time to get to this point. And we didn't have, we didn't know everything we were going to encounter just as we encountered it. There's some things we're intentional about probably. And then, but as you encounter it, it's okay. The situation, like you talk about the cow, we got to milk this cow. We got to build this thing <laughs> so we can right. milk this cow. Now it's out of, out of necessity to build on that question. You had mentioned earlier about your 14, your two girls, I guess, 14, 12, I think you're too older to watching yeah. the younger ones. How have you seen that? Cause I think some people are afraid of having a wide range of kids, having a 14 year old and then a one-year-old. What are some things that you, that you see or that you can kind of encourage not to like not to be worried about that, the blessings that you see in that. Yeah. I, it was something that didn't occur to me to be worried about, but I've noticed over the years that just by the questions I get that people are very worried about it. They get worried about, I think there's this mentality too, that people who grew up in a large family had a very negative experience because they had to do everything. And if, if you grew up in a family where the parents just, I mean, I don't even know how that would actually work. Like you just have the baby and you give it to the kid. Like you can't, there's so much that goes into that, but I know people have a a large uh, negative connotation about large families because they think that the older kids have to do everything in in my family. I guess we're doing something right with that because my girls love little kids. They love playing with little kids. They like taking care of them. They enjoy that interaction. They enjoy like babysitting them. It's not something that they do every single day, but whenever they do, they know how to. And I really like that they have that experience of a wide range of ages. So they, they know how to interact with me and my husband and their grandparents. And then they also know how to interact with babies. They know like what you do when a baby's crying and they're not awkward with it. And I really, I, it's been a blessing for me to see that relation, those relationships develop and to see such a wide range of ages and how they interact with each other. Yeah. And the relationships that you mentioned are probably really special, especially to them because they remember their younger siblings being born and taking care of them and just, you're just kind of bonded. And 
Um, in my family, with my kids, there's a five-year difference. And then for me, with the four of us, me growing up with my brothers, there's a five-year difference. And I noticed that there's a special bond between the oldest and the youngest, because there was a time, and I had that with my brother, that you help to take care of that younger sibling. And it's just, I think, adds to a deeper, deeper relationship and a special bond, I, I guess. I know. And people forget that like some kids, and I would say probably most, enjoy it. The other day, my daughter was like, when you have the next baby, I'm going to put it in the wrap more often. You hardly let me with Theodore. And I thought that was funny because I put a reel on Instagram. It was kind of a joke where it showed me snapping. I was wearing the the wrap with the baby and I snapped and my daughter looked exactly like me. And then she had the baby in the wrap. It was her idea. We thought it'd be so funny. You wouldn't believe the number of people who like, basically I was saying by this like 10 second reel that my daughter carries the baby around all day. I'm put my feet up. I probably like go off to Mexico while she carries the baby around in the wrap. It was her like cute little real idea. And I was like, give me the baby back right now. And she's begging me on the next one that she gets to carry the baby around in the wrap because I hardly ever let her take my baby. <laughs> like I'm, you guys couldn't have it more wrong in your, how you took this 10 second reel our tiny little glimpse into the, the life that really was just a joke. Uh, and just the negativity on that, they couldn't see anything positive about a 14 year old girl carrying around a baby in a wrap. They could not like in their minds, see anything good that could come from that. And I'm like, how sad as a culture that this is something I have to actually defend. Now there were people who also commented things like, you know, Oh, so fun, you know, but, but there was a lot of negativity and I didn't even anticipate it because I knew what really goes on in our house, but it was very interesting to see how, how negative people can be about large families. Why people react in that type of way. They just don't understand, or yeah. it's, you're kind of pushing against maybe their cultural feelings about it. Um, yeah, I know. And you have a larger platform and I'm sure you run into, run into stuff and you just think that something is going to be fun and cute. And then bam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. What? Like, okay, let's just delete Instagram for today. I know this was controversial, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> So one last question you're about talk about homeschooling, um, bring it back around. So you've been homeschooling your children all the way through. Always wanted to do that. And I'd love to hear about what changes you've seen for your family in the different seasons of homeschooling. So you started off and you had a couple little ones, one year homeschooling and a couple little ones. And now you've got, you know, about to enter your junior high, going to go into high school next year. And then you've got little toddlers as well. So what are, what are some changes you've seen over the seasons? Well, one thing that we've really changed in the last few years is the amount of structure. I was definitely one of those moms whenever my, probably I had three or four young kids and we did so much. We would just go out for the day in the stroller. We'd go on walks and we'd observe things and we'd read books, just piles of books. We'd stop at the park and read the books. And I had it in my head because I couldn't really think into the future, what it would look like to have seven kids, 14 down to one that that's how it would always look. We will just do this almost unschooling, learning as it comes natural. And it worked so well because those older two, we've thrown them into this structure in the last couple of years and they can do their grade level. But I found that certain kids in certain situations, like the one we're in now, weren't after a certain amount of time learning what they needed to learn in that setting anymore. And it, it was so hard. And it was funny because I was talking to another homeschool mom who's about 10 years older than me. And I was telling her about how this year we're using a Becca and she was 
just like me. And she was like, oh, I remember the moment we had to start using Abeka. She was like, I was exactly like you. We unschooled and we learned, you know, all of these beautiful things. And we encountered math while we were baking. And then I realized that I actually had to, like, there was certain kids, like I have certain personalities where I don't know if it was actually the kids or if it was just the situation of having such a wide range of kids that we didn't find ourselves out on these beautiful explorations with piles of books. It was more like, okay, we need to actually be in our place or we're not going to be able to encounter these things anymore. And so I guess it's really been, it's been that. And I think it is important for other moms to know, to know that, because I think we get really set in our heads about certain ways that are really good. And I definitely thought like, if you're using a textbook and any kind of like worksheets that's what we're, that's what we're rebelling against here. That's what we're not. And then here I am, you know, because it, it did, it worked so beautifully when I had like this small manageable crew and then it, it, it no longer does. And so I think it is important for moms to know it can look really different even for yourself as the years progress. But then also if you look at other moms and you think you, you know, you don't like the way that they're doing things. Well, maybe their current situation (laughs) makes it to where they they'd have to choose different modes of uh, how they're going to educate their kids. And so I definitely was not like a, a regular homeschool mom, um, probably 10, not 10 years ago, seven ish years ago. I definitely, you know, did things more unconventionally. And now I'm just like, we have the curriculum. We sit down for certain hours. They literally have worksheets. And that was just so far from what I ever thought I would do, but it's what needs to happen for us currently. And I still like the delight led learning and we still do that, but there are certain subjects that we kind of have to, with so many kids, we have to like almost do in a more traditional school way. That's fantastic that you recognize that because we can sometimes hold so tightly onto this is the way that we're doing. And instead of like, how can homeschooling serve us during this season right now? And recognizing that kids are different and there's different needs and there's different, and there's programs out there. And yes, welcome to the, (laughs) welcome to the Abeka. Yeah. (laughs) You seem like a very organized homeschool mom who probably always did it that way. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I just, I never thought that would be something that we do, but uh, I've seen the merits of it. (laughs) I've I've kind of gone the other, where I started with the Becca, not all of it. Um, we did do a Becca math and I feel like it really gave my kids a really solid foundation and I've gone the other way. And so with, really? my, with my high school, I'm like, yeah, let's go hop through the fields. And my husband's well, like, well, oh. I'm going to go back that way with my high schooler. Cause she's doing, so that's how she's currently doing eighth grade, a Becca math and the literature. I mean, like the full course load this year. And I'm like, if you get through all of this, We'll go back next year to probably giving you just more free time because she's really good with her free time. She learns how to sew a dress from scratch and how to make films and how to like sublimate and do cricket like designs. She's good with that, like video edit. She finds projects and she's good at accomplishing them. And so probably with her, she'll be going back to that pretty soon and just doing light math. Cause I'm like, you're getting through all of the hard stuff. You know, you're algebra, your geometry. And I have no desire in you learning calculus because that's just, what's the point of that? So I think we will shift whenever 
she gets more to that age again. But yeah, there's a season for, all right, guys, like we got to buckle down and get our, our math facts straight here. And maybe this isn't going to come up with five little boys, uh, you know, who are all rambunctious and different from little girls um, by like this beautiful day where we're out like frolicking in fields and, you know, doing nature walks. It's uh, it, there's a combination. I still love all of that. It's just not super practical and possible with the very uncontrolled wide range of, it's just so different when you have like three little toddlers or three little, when they were like six or two and my newborn was in the wrap that was different <laughs> than it is now. Yeah. So. so I'm sure a nature walk now with five little boys is not, you know, frolicking through and picking wildflowers. It's probably stopping sticks by the library and, and identifying the flowers in the books. Yeah. It's not exactly like that. Anymore. Yeah. It's sticks and swords and fights and climbing trees yeah. and, and all those things, which is preparing them for great things ahead as well. And yeah, um, but it's good that you've recognized and and, and like you said, maybe this time will be buckled down and then kind of let, it sounds like your daughter, your oldest is very um, self-disciplined and uh, driven uh, for, right. you know, to pursue her own pursuits. And that's, that's great. And that's kind of what I'm doing at the other end now with high school, but it's just neat how, yeah. how can kind of, and cool. morph and change. And every year can, every year is different because the kids are different. We are different people. And then we can create an education for each one of them. Yeah, well, Lisa, this- year. Yeah, this has been uh, fun to hear about your home and your homestead and all the things. Can you let the listeners know where they can find you? They're listening and they're saying, I want to hear more from Lisa. Where, where, should, where should they go? So the best place to follow along with me, um, if you like podcasts, I do have a podcast, the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. And then I also am on YouTube. So if you search Farmhouse on Boone on YouTube, that's where I show up every week. And then of course I'm on Instagram. I have a blog, farmhouseonboone.com where all my recipes are, but for more of like the lifestyle, I would say that YouTube's probably the best place to find me. Good. And I will put all of those links in the show notes. So everybody go ahead over and find out Lisa and she's got great recipes and all that stuff. Sourdough queen over here and <laughs> all yeah, lots of recipes. <laughs> yes. Lots <laughs> of recipes and simple ones that are doable for anybody. You can teach and I know on your blog, that's how I learned even how to do sourdough originally it was just from you and just how to even grow a starter and all those things. So I'll put all those cool. uh, in the show notes. So thank you for joining me today, Lisa. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. Wasn't that super fun to hear from Lisa and just her insight and just realness? And because we can often see people on social media, on YouTube and on blogs, and we kind of have an idea and it's really hard to just get to know the person. I'm going to tell you right now, her podcast is so great. You're really going to be able to get to know her and her YouTube channel. And like I said, I'm going to drop all of that information in the show notes for you so you can go ahead and follow along and catch up. If you've not been following Lisa, if you're not familiar with who she is, there's a lot of stuff out there. You can go ahead and binge watch some YouTube videos of hers and just be encouraged and blessed by all of the information and the meals and just the realness of life and just the sweetness of their family that Lisa takes the time to put out into the world to encourage and bless us other homeschool moms. And I appreciate you popping in your earbuds and listening to this episode today. And I promise you back here just in a couple more days. Have a good one, friend. 
If this podcast has encouraged you, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. I love to hear how this show has impacted you. So if you could hop over and do that, I'd be so grateful. While you're at it, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your friends to encourage them. You can also find me over on Instagram at Little by Little Homeschool. Until next time, have a beautiful day, Mama.